Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, a podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Constantine, based on the DC Vertigo Hellblazer comic book. The film stars Keanu Reeves as John Constantine, a cynical exorcist with the ability to perceive and communicate with half angels and half demons in their true form. This is your warning we will be talking spoilers. Yeah, and the character of, from the comics first appeared in Alan Moore's uh, seminal Swamp Thing run. Uh, I can't even remember exactly when now. Uh, very early 90s. Um, in fact, that's where the Vertigo imprint comes from, is that comic book run was themed... It's very so good uh, that, but it's very adult that they couldn't put it in the same universe as Superman and Batman and the rest of it. So they created the imprint of Vertigo, and then Alan Moore was so enamored with the Constantine character, he created a new series focusing in on him specifically, um, traditionally British. <laughs> Uh, and if you ask anyone who's a comic fan, is still British, um, as Matt Ryan has so expertly demonstrated on the TV series and the Legends of Tomorrow TV series as well, not just the Constantine TV series, but also blonde and his trench coat, tan, not black. So there, there's, there's so many so many differences matt ryan as you say has been playing the live action constantine since his cancelled nbc show he is going to continue in animation there's an animated short coming out this year where he's playing the character again he is still on the legends of tomorrow show only he's playing a new character we don't need to get into that it's very very confusing but he's no longer playing constantine in live action but you're right, yeah. like he, like Matt Ryan is a Welsh actor, is playing John Constantine as English. But in the comics, the likeness that they went for was Sting. So he had, you know, the messed up blonde hair and he was from Liverpool. Yeah. So we've not had Constantine with a Liverpoolian accent yet, but I did think Matt Ryan was very good and he looked more like he did in the comics than what we got with Keanu Reeves because in the movie he looks like Neo from the Matrix. He does to be honest. He, he really does. Um it wasn't that long after they finished the Matrix films as well that uh they made this one. I mean this but- yes this this film was 2005 and we've got to say we've been spending quite a bit of time in this year lately. We did Batman Begins. We recently did Electra. This and film, Fantastic pretty... Four. Oh, of course, Fantastic Four. This film, I believe, came out before Batman Begins. Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting that we're doing quite a few films from this year. I think we've pretty much covered after this one all the comic book movies 
from that year. I'm pretty sure we have. Maybe I'm missing one. Yeah. Um, what I did appreciate from the New 52 Constantine comics was the introduction in the comics of a character based on Keanu Reeves' version of Constantine that was like a mentor to John Constantine in the New 52. And it's where he stole his whole shtick, really, including his jacket and his girlfriend. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and no, I did I did read that series. This movie, though, Constantine, I mean, you've got Keanu Reeves. You're going to get him to do what he does. And, of course, you know, he'd done the Matrix films, but this is way before John Wick. But this is action hero Constantine. Yeah. <laughs> there's, so there's so many stunts in this film where you've got Constantine running to save the day and you're like, not the comics. No, no, that's a big thing. Um, the best way to say, uh, to explain the comic book character of John Constantine is he's a piece of shit con man <laughs> uh, who uses magic and he's not a powerful magician. He has just enough ability to get himself in and out of trouble. Um, but what he is really good at is conning. Um, and there's something about the unlikable nature of the character that makes him a lot more intriguing and a lot more compelling um, for anyone who's watched the Preacher TV series by on AMC. Um, produced by Seth Rogen, starring Dominic Cooper. His character is very similar to the type of person John Constantine is in the comics, except, again, he's American and Constantine is British. Like, that characterization and that kind of gritty scumminess is a comic book character. That being said, Keanu Reeves does a fantastic... The entire movie is phenomenal. I, I like everything <laughs> oh, wow, they do. Wow. We're, yeah. we're going early on that, are we? Yeah. <laughs> but everything they do, um, given the era it was produced in, um, I mean, the talent involved here is is really great. Uh, all the actors are phenomenal. The production design and everything is really well done. But even if this wasn't a comic book movie, this would be a movie that people would just, it should be on this shelf. It is that kind of a movie. Like not, not that many things at the time. Like there was cinema between like 2000 and 2008 can be quite dull and formulaic. And this is one of those bright, shiny examples of like, they nailed it with that one. I mean, obviously they nailed it with like Batman Begins and Christian Bale stuff in there. But in terms of what a lot of people seeing at the cinema, not knowing comic book movies, this was like a, a, a diamond jewel in a river of like beige. <laughs> right. Well, I'm, I'm going to join you and I'm also going to say this early. I really like this film, but this film was my introduction to the character, to be honest, lifelong well. DC fan, but my DC characters had capes. Like I read all the superhero comics. I wasn't reading Constantine, so I watched this film not so much as a new DC film, but as a new Keanu Reeves film. Likes to look yeah. at the trailers, 
the world they were building, the portrayal of hell looks really interesting. Uh, you've said, you know, the cast. And there's always been a line of dialogue from this film that just stuck with me and I've always liked. And it's Constantine talking to Angela, played by Rachel Weiss. If you can see them, they can see you. So you're living in a world of half angels, half demons, but your paths don't cross unless you see them. And that is their introduction. So I always found that really sinister. Like it's a world where all these things are happening all around, but nobody else can see them. Yeah. And they're doing a really great job of establishing the idea of uh, hell and heaven are not so much like, as you think of them traditionally, I mean, they are in terms of like clouds and peace and like fire and brimstone, except instead of being so much up and down, like think of them more as universes running parallel to ours. We're just the, we're just what's in between with them trying to get at, over at each other, like through, through us, we're just the thing in the way. I'm like, that's a really smart way of putting it. And they use that, really interestingly like water is a medium to facilitate going one way or another um cats because they're one foot in and one foot out um with the sort of mysticism and uh mirrors and reflection of like you see in a mirror or a reflection like a true the true look of something it's really clever um it also makes for great visuals but it also really helps hammer in that idea of like you're looking into another plane, you're seeing into another plane. And it's, it's, it's where in a film that just behind that film is what's actually there. And you're right. It is a really good visual, whether it's the reflection of a demon in water or in a mirror, it's a really good way of, of showing that. Yeah. The film was released theatrically in the United States on February 18th, 2005. It grossed, million worldwide against a production budget between 70 and 100 million, but it was met with a mixed reception from film critics. Obviously, you and I had a much better time with it than a lot of the critics did, but that is a decent return. I mean, if we go back to 05, I mean, yeah, that's the year we got Batman Begins, but that's what Warner Brothers were making Batman films. So this was at least something different. And it's a decent enough return. And there had been talks of a sequel. There's been more talks recently, which we'll get to at the end. But this film was from a first-time director, Francis Lawrence. He'd previously been known mainly for music videos he stated that rather than other comic book movies, the film was inspired more by noir films, including Blade Runner, The Third Man, and The Maltese Falcon. See, we were saying before that this film had a look unlike a lot of other things that were out there. I think having a different approach like he had definitely added to that. Yeah, um... And he's uh, since gone on. He's like the director behind the Hunger Games films. Um, Is that right? I've not seen those. Yeah. So he's doing quite well for himself now. 
Um, but maybe it's the music video sensibility of having to be efficient with your visuals because over a music video, you're lucky to get five minutes, um, usually more like three and a half, four minutes. So, you know, he's having to, he's, he was familiar with having to establish a premise real rapidly and going back to like some of the interesting things of like when you stop when you die time freezes or uh, when you step over to hell that the that instant freezes so it's a lot further down uh, in there than it is on earth which is i think this is the first place i heard anyone do such a concept um but what i also like is it the film's set in los angeles and whenever they step into it's it's like they don't so much step into hell as they get uh, as hell moves over where they are and now they're in that plane and it's a hellscape los angeles and then when you later on in the film when you see uh, like a hint of heaven it's a cloudy Los Angeles, like mm, serene. Yep. I'm like, this was just the same idea. That you only get a briefest glimpse of it, but it it's an establishing thing of like, no, 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 you know, you're always in LA or wherever you are in the world. And you're again, you're just moving between one filter to the other. Um, but that visual and- is very distinctive for this film. The look of hell was based on old footage of nuclear tests specifically the sudden shockwave immediately after the blast that disintegrated anything in its path, hence the crumbling landscape. So that was the basis. But again, it is very distinctive to this film. Now, there's many yeah. things, that, you know, the look of Keanu Reeves in this, the the holy cross shotgun <laughs> yeah. that Constantine uses, you know, and as a gift. Keanu Reeves actually gave that to the director at the end of the production. But so the the holy crossbow shotgun, not crossbow, the holy shotgun, that's distinctive. But that visual of hell, like Peter Stormore as Lucifer in this, like it's the first time I. The lack of eyebrows. Oh, there's so much going on there. It's the first time. Wearing white because he's a fallen angel. Like yes. the sludge on his feet. It's, it's such a a distinct look, and you, you don't need to be told who he is. Somehow you get it. It's so distinctive. What I was going to say is that, you know, whenever you, like the first time you see an actor, yeah, it, it can take you back to that place. Yeah. So I've seen Peter Stormo in so many things, but this is the film. Yeah, My mind always goes back to this film. Him wearing the white suit, it was his idea. Wow, that's it was, a smart choice. It was his idea, and it does. It works so well. Like when he first appears, and he's like, because yes, he's, he's from down below, but he's kind of he's lowering, isn't he? And then he lands, yeah. and he's got sludge on the feet, and it's such a great, great visual. But it wasn't until, again, this was my first exposure to the character of Constantine, but then years later, just finding that in the comics, the character of Constantine and Lucifer do actually have a relationship. Yeah, he's the guy who tricked God and put a curse on the devil, as they say. Um, and 
the elements taken from this, um, they directly shouted out in the credits. And in fact, if you look on IMDb, it says written by Jamie Delano and Garth Ennis, who are both renowned for their runs on the Hellblazer series. I mean, the whole Constantine having lung cancer story you get in this film is directly from the Garth Ennis run, Death and Cigarettes. Um, but it's that that can't help but enhance the film. Uh, that this is our direct inspiration here. This, um, how do you communicate this rapidly and efficiently? Um, I mean, this is also you know like young Shia LaBeouf before Transformers. Oh yeah, way before that <laughs> is Charles Kramer. Is the is a taxi driver essentially, and that's the thing. Constantine does have a driver. Yeah, different versions of the character that normally, whether it's the comics or the Constantine TV show, Chaz is older. But whether it's a, is it a curse? But something happened to him, so essentially he can't die. They, Which is Constantine's fault in the comics, if I remember correctly. Right, there you go. That sounds about right. But they do it a bit differently here, though, where Chaz dies. And there's a post credit scene in this film, and Chaz returns as an angel. Yeah. There you go. I mean, again, they wanted a sequel. Never happened. But uh, they were hoping for more. But, yeah, a post credit scene in a DC film in 2005. Yeah. Yeah. Um... The other main character, of course, is Angela and Isabel Dodson, played by Rachel Weiss. Um, stunning as ever. Oh, and she They're twins. She's yeah, and, and she is just great. I, I I like her and everything. And we've talked off air for a long time about reviewing The Mummy, which is also in. <laughs> we will definitely yeah. get to that film at some point. Um, but the main the main role is Angela. Dodson because Isabel Dodson has seemingly committed suicide and Rachel Wise is investigating because as a Catholic, suicide is a mortal sin and she keeps accidentally crossing paths with John Constantine uh, before they find out they're both kind of on the same investigation. Um, and it's not a surprise once you, when you've now you've said, what the influences for the director were in terms of story, like the whole private detective angle they took on John Constantine for this, like his office above a bowling alley, um, uh, which looks great. The whole, uh, his like downtrodden attitude of like his over life is seen too much kind of thing. Um, and he's kind of resigned to what's happening. Um, it all, it all helps that, detective noir flavor yeah it, it does the director's yeah. pulling on um and the she's not a damsel she's very capable but the uh the push and pull of the uh uh relationship and the obvious um chemistry they have together really helps push this movie along as well i don't think i mean the casting was essential because it's so hard if 
if it's not actually there, you can't make it seem like it's there. No matter how good a director you are, how good the editing room is, it has to be on set. Um, and they, both actors definitely had it. Oh, I agree completely. You know, she kind of played a third character as well. She plays Mamon, the yeah. son of Lucifer, for a short period yeah. of time. And it's mainly, mainly a special effect, but at a time, he's trying to possess her body, and that's like the whole... The whole thing that is that is a great moment because we because again I mean Vertigo don't get me wrong but this is a DC Comics film where the main character at some point had tried to commit suicide it had happened before the events of this film and when you get into that big third act to summon the demon the hero of this DC film slits his wrists commits yeah. suicide with the intention of summoning the demon, knowing, or the devil even, knowing the devil himself would come to collect him. That's where we get that great scene with Peter Stormore in the other room, like Constantine's, like your son's in there, go and have a look. And we've got Tilda Swinton as Angel Gabriel. Like the casting yeah. of this film is just so solid. And then the scene between them when Lucifer realises that they have the spirit of destiny, what his son is planning, Gabriel's involved. It is, yeah, so good. She gets her wings burnt off. Yeah. And, God is protecting as, her. Uh, yeah. As uh, Dogma showed us, that's how an angel transubstantiates into humanity. <laughs> you know, Dogma isn't streaming anywhere. Really? Isn't streaming anywhere. The only way you can get a hold of it is a physical copy. And it's very expensive online. Wow. Nowhere. No streaming service. Apple movies. Nowhere. It is not available. Don't know why. But I've got my DVD. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, sidetracked so us with a, with a right. Kevin Smith tibbet. But yeah, Tilda yeah, Swinton, um, yeah, sh oh, wow. And, and again, like Peter Stormore, this is the first film I noticed her, and she is same. so good in this role. Yeah, the ancient one herself. That's right, um, years before Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, also in this film, Jumon Honsu as uh, Papa Midnight, or is it, yeah, Papa Midnight, who runs like a like a club where it's like neutral ground almost like the continental hotel in john wick oh yeah but actually it's a lot demons. it's a lot like that but then it's pointed out to him though like you're the only one sticking to these rules like nobody else is everybody out there is doing whatever they want but you're sticking to these rules but this is you know the actor in 05 yeah. today he's the wizard shazam yeah. <laughs> All yeah. these years later, he's doing yet another DC movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's great. Uh, you have Pruitt Taylor Vince playing uh, Father Hennessy, um, who I recall from well, the first time I saw him was an episode of X Files. He's obsessed with like curing people's like evil thoughts by using an ice pick to 
get past the ride to do oh, like wow. a lobotomy on him. Yeah. But he he's always had that thing with his eyes he could do. They digitally enhance it more in this, but he's like a he's like a priest who who can channel and find information uh through like touch, but he if only if he's sober. <laughs> so he's oh, kind of yeah. an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. So I mean but, the movie essentially opens with him. And again, this is another first for me. I saw him in this, and then I saw him in the movie Identity with John Cusack. Oh, yeah. Such a yeah, good movie. Um, I watched it again recently. Yeah, yeah and he's, he's one of those uh, actors in Hollywood who pops up here and there, um, always in a supporting role, always a solid performance. Um, and he has, in the end to the story, he doesn't contribute a lot in terms of pushing the plot, um, but you do get to see um, a way how hell gets can interact with the with people on earth in terms yeah, of uh balthazar tricking him into like he can't tell he's taking in liquid so he drowns himself right yeah it's such so smart because you're seeing it like nothing's coming out of the bottles and then it gives it just a quick cut and you can sit and you but when he's dropped something you can see the liquid pouring out but you don't see it in him and then when you finally see the cut you're like yeah he emptied our saw of alcohol into his mouth in like two minutes. And you're like, oh my God, that's such an evil way to go. Yeah. And um, another good good visual. And with Father Hennessy, like with Constantine, like and the world that we're introduced to, like he is surrounded by quirky characters. Yeah. And the movie essentially opens with Father Hennessy. I mean later on we see B-Man played by Max Baker, a friend of Constantine. And he's the one that supplies the weapons. Yeah. And, and other little gadgets like um, the beetle in a matchbox, which helps ward off evil because of its noise and all these other little bits, like the fabric to burn, holy water he needs um, for self-protection and other things, which you see him use to get himself back out of hell when he goes down there like he smashes the vial against himself and like it pulls him back through um and all of them are used so efficiently and so quickly but and but the performances as well are really well done again that efficiency of this is what the character is this is what their purpose is this is there's obviously some history between them and our protagonist and you got that in like seconds of them being on screen it's so well done it's the everything on this script and the everything's so tight and concise it's um i'm having just watched it again i'm like oh man man that's even now current movies can learn a lot from the efficiency of this film yeah but it, but it really holds up good performances really good world building and and the visuals, like the visuals really do hold up. Do you know there's some use of miniatures in this as well? Is that uh are you gonna tell me that's like the hospital thing? Oh uh, yeah, like a major part of the set. Ah, uh, you've you've picked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I only thought that because they have they use it so much 
in the film, like that's the only thing surely that you'd well, spend the, the money on. Okay, well, the bit in particular, it's where Rachel Weiss is in the scene where a character flies backwards through the building. Yeah. That's the bit. Is that the way you were you thinking? Oh, that's a bit in particular. No, no, that's the office building. That right. Okay. okay no, no. So it's it's the office building. A small yeah. replica of her body was made, which was then shot backwards through a miniature office, adding light and wind effects. That's cool. So that's not CGI. That is a miniature. That's... Go back and watch it again. That yeah. is that is really cool. I've. Honestly, going back and watch whether it's a movie from the noughties or 90s, 80s, like with miniatures, they seem to age really well, a lot better than CGI from older movies where it's it's really noticeable. The big takeaway for me, if you're watching like older movies now with CGI, the thing that just catches your eye straight away is the texture. Yeah, it's just yeah, the they didn't look have of it. the power to make fine texture detail. Um, and especially as the resolution keeps increasing, like uh, notoriously the Star Wars prequels were shot completely digitally in 2K resolution. George Lucas, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands, thinking that would future proof them. Ironically made it act even harder to upscale into 4K because you couldn't just shoot it up against the wall with through the film and then re-record it as clear as as, as you do with all the older films, like the things from the eight, 70s, 80s, and uh, early 90s. Um, and that's something with digital effects. You blow them up, those more simpler textures look even more simple as the resolution increases. Like, oh, it's up against an actual texture on the wall there. That's a guy walking past who's been added in digitally. He's so flat and smooth in comparison. And there's not a trick you can do to fix that except redo the visual. Miniatures don't have that problem because it was a physical thing. You blow it up, it still has all the texture because it was there on the model in the first place. But until doing prep for this, never knew it was a miniature. I did this prep after watching the movies. I need to go back and watch that scene again. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. This movie had two composers, Brian Tyler and Klaus Bardelt. The score credit in the film was originally only Brian Tyler, but Klaus Bardelt was brought in by producers late in production to help enhance the comedic aspects of the film. Tyler and Bardelt share a dual credit in composing the score. Comedic? I mean, I guess there's a couple of moments. I mean, Constantine gives the devil the finger, I guess that's funny. I mean, it is, but I don't yeah. know what other examples we've got of comedic moments. In his 24-year career, Tyler has scored Transformers Prime. I'm guessing that was um, was that, that TV? Was the, uh, that's the I think that's the Netflix uh, Transformers show, which is actually really well done. Okay, so um, he did he did that films. He's done Eagle Eye, also starring Shia LaBeouf, The Expendables trilogy, Iron Man yeah. Three, Avengers: Age of Ultron with Danny Elfman, Naisimi, Crazy Rich Asians, and more. So this guy has worked a lot. To yeah, Warner a Brothers, bunch of the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, that's right. 
So Warner Brothers hired this guy to compose the film. They felt like they needed some comedic undertones, I guess. So they went to the guy who did such films as Equilibrium, K-19, The Widowmaker, Basic, and the CGI TMNT movie, the Turtles film. The one that yeah. had Chris Evans as Casey Jones. Yeah. So they went to <laughs> Klaus Badlet. So yeah, so this film has two composers, but I guess Brian Tyler is going to be the more prominent composer out of the two. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, the music's like everything else they put into the film. Great. Um, really helps emphasize um, the emotional content of the scenes. Never intrusive. They do use some new age metal songs and some other pop songs in there, like in in correct scenes, which again fit because they're walking through the world. And like those are what you hear in the background, they're walking through a club. Um, all yeah, all of it works so well. Um, we should also shout out to the actor Gavin Rossdale, who plays the demon Balthazar. That's um, right. I mean, he gets that great scene with the holy water on the face. Yeah. Um, and he's just so kind of like uh smarmy and like he's looking down on everyone he's so like uh humans um but he does a really great job as everyone does in this film well let's talk potential sequel in 2011 director francis lawrence stated regarding a sequel it's interesting that over the years, Constantine seems like it's become like it has this sort of cult following, which has been great. It's been embraced. It would be great to figure out a sequel. And if we did, and we've been trying to figure one out, it would be great to do the really dark, scary version. We got caught in that weird PG-13, no man's land, and we should do a hard R scary version, which I would love to do. So that was back then. And then November 2012, it was announced that Guillermo del Toro had signed on as writer and director for a Justice League dark film centered around DC Comics, supernatural characters with John Constantine featured as a main character. Then in May 2019, Keanu Reeves stated that he is open to reprising the role in the future. In November 2020, Stormore announced on Instagram that a sequel was in the works. Representatives for Warner Brothers and Reeves did not immediately respond to a request to comment. In December 2021, Reeves again expressed interest in a sequel, saying, I would love to be John Constantine again. Yeah, hopefully. And that's- hopefully they can do something. That's brought us up to date, but that there that I just read through, that's 10 years. Yeah. From the director saying, you know, people want it. The actors (laughs) want to do it. Like, still, there's kind of kicking around from time to time. I mean, if the Del Toro one happened, that wasn't going to be Keanu Reeves. So maybe all these years later, I mean, you know, Francis Lawrence is right. Like, this film has been embraced by fans and audiences. And who knows? Like maybe, maybe we could get another one. I mean, if people 
have seen it, they've listened to this review and they've not watched it in a while, it's definitely worth going back and giving it a rewatch. And if enough people do that, maybe there'll be an audience for it. But I'd be interested to see where this character could go with, this version of the character could go with Reeves back. I mean, as I said earlier, Matt Ryan is no longer playing Constantine in live action. Yeah. So that confusion will just go away. It could just yeah. be that Keanu Reeves is the only Constantine again, even though he only played him that one time. Yeah. Um, oh, I'd love to see what they do with it now. Um, especially, as you said, looking more towards that R rating, of which the character definitely fits. If you if you ever read the comics, as I said, he's such a scumbag. And, you know, the, he'd have scars. He'd have crappy prison style tattoos which which would be like hastily written on like charms and stuff to ward himself against things um you know god knows what else he'd have in terms of um occult objects and things to help him out like how's things gone for him since this time he's you know if you're gonna go r-rated you'd probably make him more disillusioned than he is in this movie. He kind of gets better over the course of this movie. Like he's on a trajectory going up by the end. Um, whereas, you know, to see the fulfillment of what the end of this movie of like the devil, like, Anna, I'm going to cure your lung cancer. So you can't die to give me chance for you to sin again. So I can finally get my hands on you. That was such <laughs> like, a I great need, twist. I, that was, I yeah. just need time for you to mess up again. Because I know you will. I know yeah. you, John. You will. Yeah. Uh, You're mine. Talking about wanting to see Keanu Reeves back as Constantine, more Peter Stormore as the devil. Getting yeah. back as Lucifer. Yes. Yeah, yeah that would definitely. be that would be so good. But you know, maybe that will or won't happen. I mean, HBO Max in the US, like they're making DC films for the streaming service. The first one being Batgirl. It's not going to be theatrical. It's going to go straight to streaming, exclusive to their service. And if they're talking about wanting to do an R-rated Constantine, streaming's perfect for that. You don't need to worry about not making enough of the box office by people being too young to buy tickets. Yeah. um, You know, you can do like how Amazon has done so effectively with think shows like the boys and uh even invincible on this to service of like quite ultra violent things that would have been difficult on a ratings board don't have to worry it's not going through that process um so we should probably get around to the rating yeah yeah it's, instead of just hoping what could happen in future so if you're going to rate this movie out of five this is an easy four out of five for me. Um, maybe even a four and a half. It's so, so well done. It's such an enjoyable watch. It's never a check your watch while it's happening or for your phone. It's uh, you, once it starts, you're locked in. Everyone's on point. It's efficient. It's not overly long. It's, as I said, with that efficiency, they just 
everything moves every and all the different plot elements are all moving towards the same goal and conclusion easy four out of five i easy like highly recommend for anyone who's looking for just a good film in general uh especially more on the serious side check it out it's not there's nothing in here to be shocking or off-putting it's just something that anyone should be able to consume how about yourself oh just like you easy easy four out of five and i just had a quick check when you were talking there the runtime because you're right this is not a movie where you're checking the time each time i watch it it feels like a quick watch the runtime is two hours and one minute Wow, two hours. It, it doesn't feel that long. <laughs> it doesn't. I agree. I, I and and I think it's a lot of what you're praising the director for coming from a music video background and just everything's just very efficient. And it's not efficient as in it's short because it is a two-hour film, but it's quite lean and it just moves along at a brisk pace. And when you've got your main character as interesting as is portrayed and Keanu Reeves is really good in this role again it's Constantine in this movie only it is not Constantine that you're going to read or see elsewhere but it really does work for this world the setting of LA I really like this film I like this film a lot and I have done since that first viewing it's an easy four out of five and we've already said hopefully after all these years, they make another one. If the director is still interested after all this time, and as recent as, what was it, last December, you've got Keanu Reeves saying that he's interested, he wants to do it. I mean, he's just gone back to the Matrix. Let him go back to LA. Give us another Constantine movie. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that super episode all about Constantine. If you would like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.